Hello, crazy turds. <laughs> yeah, it's Mortimer. I'm back again with another Killer Music Podcast. Yes, that's two days in a row. Crazy, right? You can start pulling out your hair, gouging out your eyes. Two in a row. You hear the dulcet tones of uh, Heino? You like Heino? Boy, he likes to roll those R's. Anyway, I am back for another episode. I just said that. So shut the fuck up, Mortimer. We got another episode of the Killer Music Podcast, and I am glad to be with you. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing okay. Um, I had so much fun last night. I'm like, why not do another one? Because I took a month off. That's why I'm doing uh, a little bit of extra to make up for that lost time that I had. <clears throat> Usually supposed to at least do two a month. That's, that's my goal, at least. But preferably once a week. So I might be doing some extra ones just to... Uh, bring up the episode numbers and to bring you this fine entertainment. I'm your host, Mortimer Bustos, and we're going to be talking a lot of shit. First off, we're going to talk about the world's most bizarre instruments. And here's one I found up from an article in Classic FM Magazine. This giant motherfucker... Oh, I'd say it's at least 10 feet tall because it says it in meters and I don't know what how to transcribe it <laughs> to meters. It was constructed in 1850. Yes, the Octobase. Constructed in 1850 by a certifiable genius and fan of massive string instruments, Jean-Baptiste Vouillemet. The Octobase is a chuffing, massive double base that stands almost 10 feet tall which is ridiculous really seeing that it is too big to play with the hands okay the picture they've got here is this poor mf standing on a platform and there's no way that his hands can even fit around the neck i don't even get it there's no way it's a huge base and he looks like he's playing it with a with a bow i bet it sounds awesome if you can get some notes out of it though there are also elaborate foot pedals to make playing it possible. Apparently, Berlioz was a fan and wrote about this treasure on the or- on the orchestration of it. Can't talk right now. That's what's good about being a podcaster. You don't really have to talk. It's more of a visual game. Okay, here's a very strange strange one. Right here, we can't even. I can't even stress how odd this instrument is. Oh, all right. <laughs> So you've come to terms with the idea of the theremin. It's fine. A bit of electronics, a spooky noise, nothing to worry about, right? Well, perhaps it's time to look at the badgerman. Just take a look at the word again, badgerman. It is a badger crossed with a theremin. It's a badgerman. Picture a nervous squirrel.com. Um, yeah, this is a stuffed badger 
with some electronics coming out of its stomach. Uh, a few buttons and input jacks. And then there's a large antenna coming out of the back of its neck. So basically they just wired a theremin through a stuffed badger. The badgerman. Be kind of a fun trick to pull out on stage though. Everybody, oh, yawn, he's got a theremin. Oh, here we go. Ooh, the pyrophone organ. Now tell me that doesn't sound cool. Otherwise known as the fire organ or the explosion organ. Seriously. The pyrophone organ, pyrophone organ is powered by combustion, which means that to play it, a certain part of it needs to be on fire. Of course, it, of course it's all perfectly safe. The organ itself can be powered by propane and gasoline, and the explosions that forced exhaust down the pipe make sounds that can be regulated. But still, it's an explosion organ. That's crazy. <laughs> the Schartzacord. Okay. I'm just kidding. It's not the Schartzacord. It's the sharpest cord. Henry Dog is one of the coolest sounding has one of the coolest sounding job titles ever sound sculptor in his amazingly awesome role as sound sculptor dog invented the equally cool sounding instrument known as the sharpsichord it's actually a, a gargantuan pin barrel harp that contains 11 cylinders and the pins strike the internal strings as they rotate yeah it, it's pretty massive and pretty cool this guy uh also looks very intense Here's a cool one. The Great Stalagpipe Organ. Invented by the superbly named Leland W. Sprinkle in 1956 and situated in an underground cave in Virginia. The Great Stalagpipe Organ works by tapping on ancient stalactites with rubber mallets, all connected to a console that looks like a traditional organ. One of the popular stories surrounding the invention of the organ says that Sprinkle got the idea when his son hit his head on one of the stalactites, producing a low, vibrating hum in the cave. Ah, that's pretty cool, though. Let's hear what uh, the stal I want to hear what the stalagpipe organ sounds like. So this thing is still being played to this very day. It can operate as a player piano or a player organ. And also, you can use it, you could play it manually. And they have an organist that goes in there and plays. It's it's more geared toward uh, mellower classical pieces because uh, obviously trying to get something rip-roaring in there is going to, it's probably not going to jive. But here, here's some of the music. That's a cave. Mr. Sprinkle's amazing stalactite pipe organ. Pretty cool. I also think the sound of the water, the water drops echoing in the cave with the music adds tremendously to its effect. 
And next we have, ah, the sea organ. This barmy yet ambitious project sought to turn the sea itself into a musician by using the re reconstructed seafront in Zadar, Croatia, as a ginormous organ. Pipes underneath the promenade react to the waves as they crash in, creating harmonious sounds that tourists flock flock and flock to experience and let's hear some obviously you can hear the uh, wind blowing into the mic which would be pretty hard to avoid That might get a little annoying after a while. That's just me. I don't think I could handle it all day. Moving on, we have the cheese drums. Now, it's it's a shame that this is just a uh, audio podcast, but it's basically a set of drums um, set up. The bass drum is a giant wheel, a big giant wheel of cheese. The floor tom is a smaller but still fairly giant wheel of cheese and so forth in the rack toms cheese and the snare is of course um a wheel of cheese and i am and, well they've got actual symbols i think it would probably be cool if they had cheese symbols but let's see if i can find something maybe we can hear the cheese drums <laughs> well here you go He's hitting wheels of cheese. It doesn't sound that much different than some really good drummer playing with practice pads. Okay. What'd you think of that segment? That was pretty good, huh? Bizarre instruments. I might have to bring that back again sometime. This is medieval war music. That's cool. So how's everybody? Is everybody holding together yet? Have you uh, been nice to your pets and, your, and your, your lovely partners or just yourself if you're with yourself? Be good to yourself. Try not to drink, um, drink too much. It's kind of easy to do whenever uh, these apocalyptic vibes are in the air. Trying to scare us. Well, they're not trying. They're, we're all fucking scared, right? Come on. It's fine. We've got medieval war music. Prepare to die. We're off to another segment. Look at this. 
This segment is Mortimer is going to answer some of life's most perplexing questions. And the questions come from a WRAL news app from Bill Leslie's Carolina Conversations. So here we go. I'm going to start answering, okay? You guys ready for this? Number one, why is it when you transport something by car, it's called a shipment, but when you transport something by ship, it's called cargo. It's called the bait and switch. They're just trying to keep the masses, the sheeple, confused so that they can better control your minds. This is a simple question. Why is it when you're driving and you're looking for an address, you turn down the volume on the radio? It's very simple. This is actually a really boring answer. Is because if you got the music blaring or the news is screaming, you're trying to concentrate for a second so you don't need the stupid noise coming from the radio distracting you and stopping you from focusing. Boring answer. Mortimer, why is the word abbreviate so long? It's so that the Illuminati can install microchips in your flesh easier. So Mortimer, should the toilet paper roll have the end in the front or the back? Oh God, everybody knows this. It goes from the front so that your toilet paper, your freshly used toilet paper that you're gonna jam up your ass is it rubbing the wall? You don't want it rubbing the wall. There could be a bug back there. You don't know. It's fucking, it's the front. It's the front. I think I might have been using toilet paper wrong. Ooh, this is a big one. What is the meaning of life? You guys are going to have to sit down for this. Well, we all formed as ectotino pieces of invisibility quite by accident drifting through the vastness the endlessness of space found ourselves on earth we had no name for it. we had no language then out of a sheer tiny bit of glub we formed into this magnificent creatures we are today we're so very very good and we do lots of good things and then we die we all do great things and then we're recycled so that the next form of life can come and even do better than us. Yeah. Fuck if I know. I don't know. You know what the meaning of life is? Why did I give myself such hard questions? I don't know. It seems pretty fucking pointless to me. I mean, for real. Mortimer, why is the sky blue? Well, everybody sees things differently to some people and other creatures. The sky and most everything is a different color, so it's probably not blue. Mortimer, if a tree falls directly in the center of my grandmother's ass crack, 
and you aren't there to laugh at it, could you still hear it? I have an answer. When the tree falls directly in the center of your grandmother's ass crack, I don't have to be there. It's always in my mind's eye. And I'm always laughing and laughing. And the laughter can always be heard around the globe. And they know what the laughter is all about. Morty, what came before the beginning? It's the end, motherfucker. The end came before the beginning because things have to end before new things begin. Hacha! Why does a round pizza come in a square box, Morty? Easy answer. It's easier to make a square box. Come on. Fucking simpleton. <laughs> Why do people pay to go in tall buildings and then put money in binoculars to go look at things on the ground? The answer is easy. Because people are fucking stupid. Why does the alphabet song in Twinkle Twinkle Little Star have the same tune? Another easy answer. Because toddlers are fucking stupid and they like stupid music. Why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? Easy answer. Tarzan doesn't exist. Verity, why do people naturally assume that most assholes live in Montana and Florida? That's easy. Assholes are everywhere. But a lot of them travel to places like Montana and Florida so that they can congregate and be with more like, quote, minded people. Hang on, I'm just kidding. Floridians and Montanovians. Montana Montanavians. Montanovian. Montanos. And here's Terry Schiavo and Maria Shriver here to walk on flames in the Circus of Daring Feats. Come on, Terry Schiavo. Show them what you got. Now we have questions for a musician. I will interview myself because that's what I do. Mortimer, how many winos did you have to blow to get your first guitar? Only three, Jim, but it only uh, it, it took more than a few days because it was <laughs> more than once. What's the very first song that you learned? That's um, this one. Is your family musical? No. Most of them are dead. How do you handle it when you make a mistake on stage? There is no stage, Jim, and the world sucks. But when I do, I grimace and throw a fit like a little kid. What is your fondest musical memory? <laughs> That's another easy one. That time when I heard that music that one time that was good stuff. Okay, we're on to another segment. This should be really good. Guess what grandpa ate. 
Was it creamed peas and pearl onions? What else does Grandpa eat? Well, some people say that I like to eat paint. <laughs> okay, but for real, there is a... Uh, there is something in the Daily Mail that says, Unlucky grandfather of 90 accidentally eats a quart of paint after mistaking it for yogurt. <laughs> Don't put the paint in the empty cottage cheese container. Or the liver and onions container, for that matter. Okay, here's a segment we call the world's biggest eyebrows. That illustrious reward from the Guinness World Book of Records... It goes to Zhang Shusen of China, and his eyebrows were 7.5 inches long when measured in Mongolia on January 2016. Nobody's come to take his crown. Come on, Scotland. Mommy, can maggots get pregnant? I'll have seven more bowls of that buckeyed corn if you could spare some. What if humans just had hooves? I'm just seeing what I got to look forward to here. You know, so we're going to continue on with old people food. Creamed Alka-Seltzer. Ooh, is that Waldorf salad you have there? Make sure it's... <laughs> make sure it's extra terrible for me. <sighs> Pork rind meatloaf. What if you always, what if you always, 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 always carried a spear? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm starving. I'll have the marshmallow that's as big as a basketball. They died. Like the last two victims. I was so pissed I'd have killed anybody who got in the car. But there was times I drove a woman and her son clear up into Oregon. I can't wait to take the most unearthly snarns at that Cracker Barrel. I'll have the egg eggin'. That's an egg stuffed inside a, a big egg with another egg and an even smaller egg inside there until there's so many little eggs, but you're going to have to get it from several different fowl. It's all about the species and the patience. Or maybe McDonald's should come up with the egg McEggin where the... Where the uh, bread part is actually the egg and then there's egg in the middle of that between two slices of more egg it's just like an and it's a it's a it's the ultimate egg sandwich i said sandwich i don't say sandwich i'll have a sandwich new from hardy's the all meat meat meaty meat with two quarter pound burgers for buns stuffed inside of bacon with three quarts of cheese and 11 pickles and three more quarter pounders slathered with mayonnaise. I don't know why I'm thinking all of these delicious foods. I'm I made the most horrendous um, enchiladas. I, I overspiced the uh, sauce. Oh my god, is is this a fucking food podcast? Is that what happened? Is that what's happening? Oh my god. 
I always make it a point in my home, whenever I cook, to make enough portions to feed 50 fucking people. But uh, it's just me and a wife and her daughter, who's a vegetarian. And I don't really eat that. I eat a lot of vegetables, but I like meat with my vegetables because that's just who I am. And I like graham crackers. No. And uh, what I do is I'll just, because I, I get into the zone like a kind of a zen thing, just like cooking. So I'll keep throwing more shit in there, more shit in there, more shit in there. Oh, that'll be good. Until I got this fucking raging huge pot of like, say, tortilla soup is something I make like at least once a month. And I make this batch and, you know, my wife eats a few bowls of it. But, you know, after after a week or so, she's a little tired of it. A little tired of it. But I end up eating, like, a whole shitload of that. And, uh, I... <laughs> that... <laughs> that buckeye... <laughs> the buckeye corn. Steak, 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 steak. Steak, 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 steak. Eat a steak. Eat plenty of steak. Eat, eat, eat. All of the steak. Way, way back in the day, here's a food story. Way, way back in the day, when I lived in Chicago, I used to work at a place called Margie's Candies. This place was on Milwaukee and Western, and it had been there since the 1920s. So there I was outfitted with a complete monkey suit. It was almost like a tux, I shit you not. And I worked the day shift, so it was just me and Marjorie. It was named Margie's Candies. And she was there, and she would wear this dress that... She was ancient. She is the owner of this store, and she had been... She's its namesake, and she had been there since the very beginning. We're talking the 1920s here. And uh, she had her dress draped over this uh, like bar stool sort of thing and she'd always just sit there and she would like nod to the customers you could tell she was pretty deep into a little bit of dementia and she was mean as shit and anyway I would make turtle sundaes and ham sandwiches for their old 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 ass guests it was mostly them and then uh, little uh hipsters going in there to take their uh, teenage dates for ice cream and shit like that. Anyway, oh, and this other person that worked there, they actually made their own chocolates there, which is pretty impressive. They made their own chocolate there, and there'd be this lady who was obviously, well, I don't know how obvious it can be, but I think she was a victim, a Holocaust survivor uh, from Poland. When she made all the chocolates and she was a very 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 old person two here's the things i learned okay for one thing being a hipster uh dude in my early 20s hanging out there in a monkey suit trying to be in all these bands trying to be like a cool rock rock guy in chicago my friends and neighbors would always just kind of pop in their head when they were passing by just to give me the Nelson months, <laughs> you know, and, and I would seriously sweat bullets because that shit was important to me back then. But, uh, 
Anyway, I found out what the deal was with Marjorie and the dress being over the stool. Underneath the dress, she had a five-gallon bucket and just a catheter that dripped straight into the bucket. And guess who had to dump that motherfucker out? Me. Because she'd just sit there and pee free all day long. That's why she never left the counter. That's because she just had her shit set up. It's a rig. And, uh, yeah, that was terrible. That was uh, sweat-inducing. And, and But it wasn't as bad as whenever she would go, Mart. Mart, massage my back with the machine. I'd be like, oh, fuck, what are you even talking about? In the drawer. Go into the drawer. And I'd, which drawer? This drawer! <laughs> I would go into the drawer and I'd, I opened it up and there's this giant, could be the largest vibrator in the world. Somebody could have sold her a vibrator, but it was a massage unit with a big bulbous end on it, big rubber thing. And she would make me for like 30 minutes just sit and work on her shoulders with that thing. And I'm just like, oh, are my friends going to show up here? I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so that was kind of stressful. That was kind of stressful. And uh, and always be there, the Polish lady, I can't remember her name. She was super sweet. But uh, she'd be making chocolates. And she was at the age where you don't realize that you're farting. But you're always farting. <laughs> So she would sit on that chair and the chocolate was coming out of the machine. The chocolate was coming out and she was rolling it just constantly. (laughs) And then I got this lady over here and she's fucking pissing into the, she's pissing into the bucket. And oh my God. And I was massaging her with the machine. But there's little known secrets that I found out because she would have me get supplies from the basement, which was horrendous. It could have been from a horror movie. It was stacked with uh, millennia of stuff dating back from the 30s up until the early 90s when I worked there. And holy mackerel, the supplies were down there. The shit was covered in cobwebs. It was crazy. This place is historical, by the way. But uh, anyway, so she, I'd go down there, you know, to get that relief from having to massage this lady. I really didn't even know that well. With the machine, it's like I found a stress reducer. And it was in the form of the biggest fucking nitrous tanks you could ever possibly imagine. Because... They made their own goddamn whipped cream there. They weren't using ready whip. Nah, this shit was piped in from the basement. So I could just go down there and just huff nitrous for like five minutes until I'm just like hammered. It doesn't last very long, but you know what it's like. That kind of a thing. And 
Then I'd come up there just a little bit bleary-eyed. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. The machine! The machine! Get the machine! And, yeah. Yeah, that that was that gig. <laughs> right there. It was pretty crazy. And, um, her, she had a son. And I'm not going to name names. But uh, he had a son that was a podiatrist. Nothing wrong with being a podiatrist. But I'm like in there and I'm feeling, I'm feeling just uh, kind of abused at that place because they made me do weird shit that's definitely not in the normal wheelhouse of what a soda jerk would do. Because I was a fucking soda jerk. And uh, I overheard him talking to these blue hairs at this table and he was like, oh, Peter, blah, blah, blah. And he'd tell the story and he was like, and her heart stopped. And then I pulled out the defibrillator and I brought her back to life. Nothing but sweat on my brow, but I saved her life. And I don't know what came over me. The I, Well, I know what I because I just didn't give that much of a shit. I was like, Peter, I thought you were a podiatrist. <laughs> anyway, that was the story of Margie's Candies. Uh, she would tell some pretty good stories. She also told stories about how the place next to there, and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, it wasn't the Chicago Theater. I can't think of the name of it. It's absolutely historic. Maybe somebody will jar my memory. But uh, I used to go to, like, fucking punk rock shows over there, and it was awesome. But uh, back in the day, it kind of was a brothel, and she said all the prostitutes would come over there and eat Sundays and hang out with her. And that's my uh, Margie's Candy story. It's pretty pretty funny. Just sharing that with you. What is this podcast even about? It's like the killer music podcast. All he does is sit. I tell stories. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. I'm uh, going to have to go edit this shit. Do a really good job so it's ready for you tomorrow. I've been having a blast. This is the killer music podcast. And if both of you who listen to the show were wondering if it's ever going to go back to actually talking about topics and staying on topics, yes, it will. Once all the uh, doldrums and eventually, hopefully, this uh, bullshit thing stops and life can kind of get back to normal, we can go back to polluting everything and murdering the world, then things will get back to normal for human beings. Come on. And we'll be doing more of that stuff. But I'm kind of having fun just yammering. And maybe I should figure out something else to call this side version of the Killer Music Podcast. Because I really don't talk about very much music. Oh, shit. Hold on. Potted Knuckles. Wearing tight pants for Jesus. Staple right between your eye. Eat a of oranges and then I throw them at the moon. Cheese greater cheeks in the morning. Red ass baboon. Fuck. Fuck. Seriously, good night, folks. Have a great evening. Have fun. Don't be that gray old hamster cooking on a tandoor oven. Just be good to each other and give each other some love. Good night. See you later on the next Killer Music Podcast.